Uh, so I want you to turn to Acts 22, and uh, we are going to uh, just spend uh, a little bit of time with uh, Paul's story. Uh, do you think, uh, so this is Paul in Jerusalem. Uh, he has uh, stirred up a hornet's nest, <laughs> uh, as he did from time to time, and they have brought him uh, before, um, before the judgment seat, and he is giving a defense. Um, do you think Paul told his story before this time? Yes, okay. Uh, he had. We have no idea how many, uh, but I'm going to guess that he told it a whole, whole lot. And so as we look at his story, I want you to think about your story, okay? So we're going to look, uh, look at his scripture, but I want us to talk about the power of story and why we need to own our own and get really good um, at telling our own story because our story is God's story if we are his, okay? So let me pray for us real quick and we'll jump in. Uh, Father, we, um, this morning, uh, as we are prone uh, to just kind of be in our own stuff, uh, to be in our own world, Lord, I pray that you would uh, transport us to yours. Father, I pray that you would help us uh, have an attitude that says that my life is your life, um, that my independent life, if I know you, Father, has changed, and now I live life with you. And so my uh, story has become intertwined with your story, but Father, I need to own uh, my story so that I can tell others how that happened and how that's going. And so, Father, would you uh, give us insight into your word, and would you give us your truth uh, so that we may live it out uh, and proclaim it as we should. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, so we, you can follow along here on the uh, screen, or you can uh, look in your Bibles. So, um, so as, we're, as we're thinking about um, what it looks like, uh, I want you to just, as we're reading through Scripture, I want you to think about three things as it relates to your story. The first is uh, describing, uh, being able to describe what your life was like before Christ. Okay? So a lot of times we're pretty vague about this. Like, I was born... I went to a church, <laughs> things happened, right? And it's like, if you watched a movie or heard a story about that, that's not super interesting. We need more detail, right? What were you like, right? What was happening? You know, what were some conflict that you were going through? Does that make sense? Right, so we want to, we want to understand, uh, describe life in detail. Who are you, what were you about, what characterized your life? The second thing we want to look at, we'll see in Paul's story, is what was your catalyst for giving your life to Jesus if that is something that you've done? I think oftentimes if you were a person that grew up in church, right, we can just kind of be Christians. And we don't think about, hey, is there this point where my life changed? Uh, the story of God in our life is a supernatural story. And if it's not supernatural, okay, then uh, maybe we haven't thought uh, about uh, how it is. Right, but that is a component uh, that should be present. And so, but what was the catalyst for that happening, for God kind of getting my attention? And then the third thing we want to look at uh, that we'll see in Paul's story is characterizing life change that occurred after, right, that we, that Jesus comes into our life, right? Yes? Something happened? Yeah. Oh, it goes to sleep when you don't touch it. He was giving me different signals. All right, I'm going to get this. Hold on. Sounds like 
Second word. Okay. Your computer cut off. Sounds like your computer cut off. Okay. We got it. All right, so let's read here. Acts 22, 1 through 24. So this is the first part uh, of Paul. His, the first part of the story. What has happened? Uh, Brethren and fathers, hear my defense, which I now offer to you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew dialect, they became uh, even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in this city, educated under Gamaliel, strictly according to the law of our fathers. Being zealous for God, just as you all are today, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and putting both men and women into prisons, as also the high priests and all the council of the elders can testify. From them I also received letters to the brethren and started off for Damascus in order to bring even those who were there to Jerusalem as prisoners to be punished. And so um, he is describing his life, right? That he is an educated Jew, that he uh, was training to be a rabbi, that he trained under the best rabbi, and that he was zealous for the faith and that he was committed to putting away the Christian sect, okay? So that's a good, decent amount of detail, right? Like, who is he, right? What is he about, right? What was he into, right? What were the things that he was seeking to, um, uh, that characterized his life? But we always have a but here. So in that first one, um, actually, we'll hold on to that. Uh, So let's look at the second part of this. So he's talking about who he was. So we get a, do we feel like we have a good sense of who Paul was just in this little snapshot? Yes? Okay. Who he was. But verse uh, 6. But it happened that as I was on my way, approaching Damascus about noontime, a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven uh, all around me. And I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me saw the light, to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told of all that I have been appointed for you to do. But since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. And a certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law and well spoken of by all the Jews lived there, came to me, standing near to me, said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that time I looked up at him. uh, And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and and to see the righteous one to hear utterance from his mouth. For you will be a witness to him for all men of what you have seen and heard. And now... Uh, why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So I want you to real quickly around your tables, identify as many things in the scriptures in those two parts uh, that you see that would be prescriptive for us that would be helpful in, when we tell our story. Okay. So we talked about being detailed, right? but then what about the second part as he's talking about his encounter with God? Right? What was supernatural about that? Uh, just again, ask as many questions as you can to the text, kick those around. What would be prescriptive that we see Paul doing that would be helpful for us as we seek to tell our story to somebody else or to think through that? All right? So take a few minutes to do that. All right. So, um, so hopefully what we're talking about is this idea of 
Um, what can we find prescriptive, right, as we learn to tell our story from Paul telling his? All right, who, who's like a me-me? So if, if McLennan was in here and asked a question, I don't know if you've ever been around him, if you ask him a question, he's kind of one of these kids. He's like, anybody in here like really want to give an answer? Okay, we don't have any McClendons in here. I'll, I'll call on you. All right, this table over here, what, did, what was something y'all found prescriptive? Yeah, how open and honest he was about his past. Fantastic, right? When we, sometimes we're bashful about that, right? We need to be honest, right, about like what, what I was into, like who I was, uh, what characterized my life. Excellent, all right, somebody else. All right, how about here? He knew his audience. Who are these people? What would resonate well with them? How can I connect with them? Fantastic, all right? He what? Yeah, he name-dropped the guy that discipled him. Hey, here's a guy that you know and respect really well. I know and respect him really well, too. Right? That's awesome. All right? How about over here? He made it abundantly clear that salvation is through Christ externally. Yeah, absolutely. He made abundantly clear that salvation is through Christ externally and not something that he did. It had to be given away. All right? How about over here? Somebody want to save them? Is it just trying to figure out who wants to talk? Like no one wants to talk. All right, just text me. Just text me. Silt, anybody, anybody? All right. All right, at back table. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's just like he wasn't afraid to like let his pride down or to like because like he said, oh, I was blind. I fell to the ground. I needed help. There, yeah. There had to be people to carry me around. I think that's like Yeah. I, I think that's so helpful. All the things that you said, I think McKenna uh, kind of helps bring all that stuff together. Right? He showed a great humility right, in sharing his story. And I think, I think that actually is a really good aspect of any story is that we get to see uh, the nuts and bolts, right? We get to see the, the underbelly of like what was actually going on that helps resonate with us. Because I don't know about you, but my life is messy, messier than I want it to be or messier than I tell people about. And Paul's saying, hey, I, want, I need you to see that I'm messy like you are too. Right, I'm the same person. We are alike. But humility is a really big deal. So when we think about, um, when we think about this, uh, bless you, when we think about humility, here's what we're saying when we give somebody our testimony of what God has done in our life. It's saying that my life has been changed by somebody else. Think about conversations that you have with people about things that they're interested in or things that they're trying to get you to do, like, hey, this has been helpful for me. Are any of those things external, generally? Right, if it's, it's some sort of diet or some app or some piece of technology or some place they went, right? 
you can go there too. But, but there's, nothing, there's nothing outside of themselves, right? It's, it's kind of this thing that I found versus something that somebody, uh, like I was, I was helpless and I was helped, right? The story is kind of about me and what I found versus that I found a person, right, who changed everything. Somebody has changed my life, and that takes a tremendous humility. I want to remind us uh, real quick. Let's turn to John chapter three. I want to remind us of this uh, of this idea of the uh, the supernatural uh, rebirth, right? The what's central to our theology as believers, and I and somehow I think this gets lost as it because we, we probably don't talk about our testimony enough. Because um, it can just be a story versus God's story, right? It can be our story versus a supernatural story. And uh, looking at uh, John chapter 3, uh, just verses 1 uh, through 3. And that was the man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler over the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Jesus answered him and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And if there's anything I want you to take away is I want, I really would want to encourage you to reflect on the supernaturalness of your story. That what has God done for you that you could not do for yourself? And, I, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm not... And so we, we, he, he, um, he lived a perfect life. He died a substitutionary death. He was uh, raised again and he ascended. Those are supernatural aspects that we've never seen anyone do ever. But how does his life right, come, to, uh, come into your life right? and there was a supernatural change? Like this is kind of a weird thing, right? That unless you are born again, not unless you read my paper, right? not unless you go down to the quickie mart, not unless you, like, there's not this, just this thing that you've done, but this this thing that has happened. And so why do you think that is challenging? And I'll just, if you can just shout it out if somebody's so bold. Uh, what, what makes that challenging in our current world, right? To, to remember and think about my story as a supernatural one. Do we live in a world that, that, uh, that highlights the supernatural? Or do we downplay it? Do we look for it? <laughs> or do we not? What makes that difficult for us to kind of remember the supernatural in our lives? Right? I mean, we're, we are God-fears. We are Christians, and yet we are not very supernaturally minded. Does that make sense? What, what do you think? What makes that difficult? Yeah, it has to be right in front of them. Right? That's what I'm used to. That's what everybody else does. Maybe one more. Why is that difficult? There's an unwillingness to man or like to attribute it to one individual singular God. Yeah. It's not the universe, it's yeah. not the vibe, it is yeah. Jehovah. So so you know, full confession, you know, as a as a minister of the gospel, so many times I was sharing my testimony last night in the middle of the night driving home from Camp McCall with a, a guy uh, who's not a believer. And I was, struck, I was struck by this about how I was so easy not to talk about that aspect of my testimony. Because I can just tell my testimony about like, just like 
It's just kind of whatever. <laughs> because, but the thing that he needs is not the whatever, right? He needs Jesus. And so, uh, and so if I'm prone to do that, right, that that is the culture that we live in, that that is the thing that we struggle with, right, is to, and that's, that is the reason why we need to be uh, so intentional, right, about thinking through our own story. Sims, you have a thought? Yeah. So, like, whenever somebody is, like, questioning me about, like, an experience that I have or pointing out details of my experience that they are encouraged by, yeah. like, I can be really easy to not to, like, like, just, like, name Jesus in that moment. Yeah. Which, you know, I think that is, like, there's supernatural, like, power in that that we get when it's Yeah. So Sim was, uh, Sims was just talking about that he sees that in his own life, this, as he shares that it's so easy just to glance over that stuff or not attribute um, what Christ is actually doing. Uh, and I think that that is why I, lo- I lack a lot of power in my life, my tendency to forget that. I think the church struggles with that, right? Yeah, Trey? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, Clay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Clay is talking about as uh, from a person that had uh, kind of that first initial encounter with Christ at a young age, right? It's hard to find that supernatural, uh, but he has seen life change right after that. So I think uh, for us, I think there we don't need to kind of, okay, can I remember that time? Like that's not the work that is, is to be done from that long ago. But I think we can um, think well about, so how, how am I going to tell that story? Because I know that was happening. So Father, help me think through that well to be able to communicate uh, in a way that makes that relatable, right? That somebody can connect with. Somebody over here, maybe Megan? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so saying that uh, a lot of times our reticence, right, is like, okay, how am I going to talk about this in a way that they're not going to just dismiss me because that's not something maybe that they've experienced before? I feel like technology being at an all-time high right now. Yeah. People, like, in the internet, you can ask any kind of question and get any kind of answer. Yeah. 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 So again, yes, kind of describing our culture of questioning everything. Is there somebody else over here? Yes. No. Okay. I'm just gonna keep just pointing over here. Like, no. Forget. Um, thank you guys so much for um, from your feedback. So as we think about that supernatural nest that we are to be born again. So what would it look like? then um, 
for Paul, right, as you look at his story, what I think overwhelming happens is he, it was we see this demonstration of God's power. Um, are you guys hard to convince about things? Or are you easy to convince about things? Brewer shaking his head. Which one? Okay. All right, anybody else feel like they're in that boat? Why? Brewer, why are you hard to convince about things? I guess I'm a, I'm a skeptic and I'm stubborn. Okay. What was... Uh, let's read this last person of... Uh, this last bit of Paul's story that he tells, and I want you to see that he des- describes that, and I want us to look about at what, about what, why the testimony is so powerful, because it overcomes that. So let's look here at um, verse 17. Um, and it happened when I returned to Jerusalem, was praying in the temple, that I fell into a trance, and I saw him, this is back in Acts 22, and I saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves understand that in one synagogue after another, I used to imprison and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of your witness, uh, Stephen, was uh, being shed, I also was standing by approving and watching out for the coats of those who were slaying him. And so we see here Paul, after uh, God has demonstrated his power in him, uh, by Paul being, we see him being born again in, in this, um, through these supernatural means, He's basically saying after he had, um, that he was praying and the Holy Spirit says, you need to get out of here because when you share your testimony, they're like, no, you're a murderer. <laughs> we don't believe you. And Paul's like, yeah, yeah, you're right because I murdered that. I was there uh, giving approval to the murder of Stephen. He's like, yes, right? Do we see that, that, that Jesus is saying, that the Holy Spirit is saying this and then Paul is like, yes, I'm remembering that. I want you to think, and we can see this throughout Paul's story as he shares his story um, in Galatians, um, earlier in Acts, that, um, that the thing that people, uh, they're skeptical when they see life change, but at the same time, what is there to overcome their skepticism? Life change. That's what you're saying, right? So we're skeptical that your life has changed, but how do we get over that skepticism? Oh, you're actually different. (laughs) Do you understand the barriers that Paul had to being a minister of the gospel? I was killing you, and now I am one of you. If there is anything that should overcome skepticism... Like I, I was so against what you're doing that I was putting you to death and I thought that that was what God wanted me to do to I am the opposite of that. The, the testimony, right, of his people and demonstration of God's power, it really is the only thing in life, right, that that there isn't anything to say against. Because you are a living testimony to the demonstration of God's power. Do you understand that? And so I think it's helpful for me, it's helpful for you, right, to take some time to remember how, how God has worked, right, in the past, right? How he worked kind of to lead me up to that cataclysmic moment, 
right, and how he continues to work, because all of that is supernatural work, right? That we are new creations in Christ. We are eternal beings that uh, have been changed. And so I think we need, to, we need to listen to the Lord, right, to own that, to spend some time so that as, as I live my life, um, anybody have any opportunities to testify about the goodness of God daily? Anybody? Raise your hand. I'm not saying that you've done it. I'm just saying like, hey, like, there's actually a pretty <laughs> decent amount of times that I do that. So my encouragement is as we have those times, right, let's meet that moment better, right? Let's do some work to meet that moment better with, with the supernatural story of demonstration of God's power. Because people want to hear about that, and that's not something that they can get. They can't get on Amazon, right? They can't get that through a TV show, right? They can't get that through their work, right? They can't get that through a relationship. And so I, want, I really want to encourage you that that is something that nothing else has to change except that, that, I, that I start seeking the Lord's face and help, help the Holy Spirit teach me through and remember what my story has looked like. And that if you are on your journey, if that's something um, that where you're not quite there yet, that I want you to look forward that as you continue to seek, right, that that is something that the Lord desperately wants to do in your life. Here's the last question. Do you think uh, Jesus uh, tried to get Paul's attention before this? This was kind of like, you can't ignore me. (laughs) But do you think that he tried to get Paul's attention before this? It's a really interesting question, isn't it? Say again? Yeah. He heard Stephen testify. He's like, eh. Let's not be eh people. So a couple challenges as we close here. So we read in uh, verse 7. So we hear this voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? We see this kind of audible voice of God where God gets his attention. Raise your hand if the Lord, uh, if you would like the Lord to get your attention more. Who controls that? Who controls your attention? Anybody think it's not themselves? Anybody struggle with like being inattentive to like what's going on? I, I think if we were we were more aware of that, right, that we would kind of look back and notice like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, Father, that you're literally co- Rob, 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 hey Rob, 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 right here, Rob, Rob, any anybody, any, and, and I'm just like. What is your Saul Saul moment? Right? John, over here. John, right? That, that, that is going to be one of the big parts as we talk about our, our past history of us being humble, of humbling ourselves and like, okay, here's the story that I could tell that makes me look kind of good and like it, it's, it follows that this would happen. And I think we need to kind of share hey, this is actually what I was actually like before I met Jesus. (laughs) 
but here's how he got my attention. Here's that story, how I started to pay attention to what he was doing in the lives of others and in myself. And here's the time when I heard him and I did something about it. Andy, Andy, Ashton, Ashton, Peggy, Peggy, Drew, Drew. What is that moment that he got your attention? Because that is going to be really pivotal when you share. Right? We were all somewhere right before we met him, and then we're in a different place worldview-wise. Right? That there's a God who loves me, that died for me, that my life can be different, that I can be with him. The other thing when we see this, also, are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus the Nazarene whom you're persecuting. We see that our saving king has called right, us to account. Hey, here's who I am. Here's who you are to me right now, but I want that to change. Like through your life, like you're persecuting me. You're defaming my name and you don't even know me. But I'm saying, hey, I'm Jesus the Nazarene. Why don't you come start being a part of my family and, and not a part of the other one? Our lives are not just some story. This is when your whole life changed. Let's pray. Father, your presence matters in our lives. And Father, I pray uh, for myself, uh, for everybody in here, Lord, that we would be more aware of your presence and what you're doing. Father, if we are to take the scripture seriously, uh, Father, you talk about what you are doing amongst your people, and it is a supernatural story that is not to be explained away and into something outside of myself. The gospel says that there's nothing I can do. That the things that are, that are uh, wrong with me and the things that enter my life that are not good for me and the, things that I, the ways that I have not been honoring to God, there's nothing I can do about that. But Father, you says that you can and you are willing. Are we people that, that as God says, hey, I'm willing to heal you? Are we people that says... Uh, that was we asked Jesus that as uh, are you willing? He says yes every time. Would be people? Would we be people willing to be healed? And would we be people that would take the time to reflect right on the story of that so we can share it with others when He gives us opportunity? And so, Father, uh, I pray that as we go into um, uh, worship as a, a congregation, Lord, that you would begin to work in our hearts and our minds, right, to begin to help us write down our story and snippets of what uh, the things that you have done for us because we need to remember and actively reflect on those things. It, it's work. I need to sit down. I need to ask for remembrance. And so, Father, thank you uh, this morning that you just allowed us to be together to share and to talk and to discuss. And would you motivate us, right, and remind us that if we are yours, that we are your uh, children that have been born again to life eternal and that you have done that and it's nothing that we could do. Lord, help us remember that and tell others in Christ's name. Amen.